You are Locked On Bills, your daily Buffalo Bills podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Bills Mafia? It's Joe Marino from the Draft Network, and I'm your host of Locked On Bills. Happy Wednesday to you, and thank you for making Locked On Bills your first listen every day. It's time for our comprehensive primer regarding the Bills' Week 9 matchup. So let's start with the nuts and bolts and break this thing down. The Buffalo Bills travel to Florida in Week 9 for a road date with the Jacksonville Jaguars. The game will be played on Sunday, November 7th at 1 p.m. Eastern Time at TIAA Bank Field in Jacksonville, Florida. The game will be broadcasted on CBS. Andrew Catalan is on the play-by-play. James Lofton is the game analyst. And Jenny Dell is the sideline reporter. So it's the same crew from last week when the Bills played the Miami Dolphins, except for it's a different sideline reporter this time around. The two teams have played 17 times previously. The Bills have a 9-8 and record all-time against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Under head coach Sean McDermott, the Bills are 1-1 one one against Jacksonville, the 2017 playoff loss, and then the Bills beat them in Josh Allen's rookie season, 24-21, a late November game, and that was the game where we got the highlight of Josh Allen throwing that long touchdown pass to Robert Foster, and if you recall the highlight, you're probably still trying to figure out how Josh Allen got that ball off. I mean, he was facing some serious pressure and put the ball on a rope, a complete dime. And it's one throw that I will never forget. Uh, so the Bills are 5-2 and two entering this football game. Jacksonville is 1-6. The Jaguars' lone win came against the Miami Dolphins in Week 6, the game out in London where they won on a last-second field goal. Their losses have come to the Texans, Broncos, Cardinals, Bengals, Titans, and Seahawks. So the Jaguars have faced some challenging teams And, of course, the Bills await them this week. Five of Jacksonville's six losses so far this year have been by at least two scores. The weather for Sunday, as of November 2nd at 1 p.m. when I record this podcast, courtesy of weather.com calls for mostly sunny with a high of 67, winds from the north at 10 to 15 miles per hour. So looks like a great afternoon in Florida for a football game. Shouldn't be too hot. And um, the Bills should be quite comfortable going down there and handling the challenging elements of 67 degrees in early November. The head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars is Urban Meyer, 57 years old. It's his first season as an NFL head coach. It's his first season ever in the NFL. He's known for his time in college as a head coach, where he was very successful and had stops at Bowling Green, Utah, Florida, and Ohio State. He won three national championships, two at Florida, and one at Ohio State. I'll go ahead and say it right now. I'm not a big fan of Urban Meyer. His entire career has been littered with controversy, and he talks a very big game about leadership. And if there's anything in the world that bothers me about a human being, it's a lack of behavioral congruency. It's where your actions don't line up with the messaging that you deliver. And Urban Meyer time and time again throughout his career, has been front and center when it comes to controversies, and um, he rubs me the wrong way. 
And honestly, it blows my mind that they would entrust this franchise to him. Like I said, he's never coached in the NFL before this year. The Jaguars, you know, having the number one pick in the draft, multiple first round picks in this past year's draft, tons of cap space. They handed the keys over to Urban Meyer. So far, he's one in six, and he's challenged two plays. One was overturned. So we'll see how it goes for Urban Meyer in Jacksonville, but I am not a big fan. The quarterback for the Jacksonville Jaguars is Trevor Lawrence, 22 years old, six foot six, 213 pounds, and he was the number one overall pick in the 2021 NFL Draft, and Sunday will mark his eighth NFL start. Obviously, he's a rookie. So far in 2021, he's completing 59.6% of his passes, 243 passing yards per game, eight touchdowns, nine interceptions, and a passer rating of 74. His average time to throw is 2.83 seconds, which is 25th in the NFL, and the Bills finally get a chance to face a slow-triggered quarterback. And looking back at the quarterbacks that the Bills have faced so far this year, Ben Roethlisberger, he has the fastest trigger in the NFL. Tua is fifth, and they played him twice. Uh, Heineke, Taylor Heineke from Washington, he's 30th. Uh, Davis Mills is sixth. Patrick Mahomes, 25th. And Tannehill is eighth. And so Heineke and, and Mahomes are definitely not fast-triggered quarterbacks, but the other quarterbacks the Bills have faced are. And so it's nice to uh, see a quarterback here that will hold on to the ball a little bit, and hopefully the Bills can get some sacks on account of that. Now, Trevor Lawrence, when he gets the ball out in under two and a half seconds, he has a fair amount of success. 43% of the time, he gets the ball out in under 2.5 seconds. When he does, he's completing 74% of his passes, 6.5 yards per attempt, and a passer rating of 94.7. Now, when he holds onto the football, which he does 57% of the time, and when I mean he holds onto the football, I mean over two and a half seconds, He's completing just 48% of his passes, 6.2 yards per attempt, and a passer rating of 57.1. And that 57.1 passer rating ranks 34th out of 35 quarterbacks in the NFL that have attempted at least 50 passes so far this year. So Trevor Lawrence is a slow-triggered quarterback, and when he holds onto the football, the results really go down. I mean, he's struggling when he's holding onto the football, and He's holding on to the football. So that's something that I'm sure Jacksonville is going to look to correct and try to get the ball out of his hands quicker. Trevor Lawrence's average depth of target is 8.5 yards. That's 14th in the NFL. So very normal in terms of the distance he throws the football. Only 10.4% of his attempts are targeted 20 yards or more down the field, which is 25th in the NFL. And on deep passes, which again are 20 yards plus from the line of scrimmage, he has a 39.3 completion percentage, which is 18th, and an 82.9 passer rating, which is 24th in the NFL. Now, play action happens on 26.4% of his dropbacks, which is 20th in the NFL, and he does quite well when he does have a play action fake on his passing attempts. His completion percentage goes up 12.1%, when he has a play-action fake, which is fourth in the NFL in terms of difference between completion percentage with and without play-action. So he's definitely one of those quarterbacks that 
enjoys the play-action passes, and he's a beneficiary of that. In fact, when he doesn't have play-action, his passer rating is 69.3, which is 33rd out of 35 quarterbacks in the NFL that have attempted at least 50 passes. So the play-action passing game is critical to Trevor Lawrence's success, and surely Urban Meyer and company are aware of some of these very contrasting metrics that I've delivered so far. Now let's talk about pressure. When Trevor Lawrence is kept clean and doesn't have any pressure, he's completing 67% of his passes, 6.9 yards per attempt, and a passer rating of 84.6. Now that 84.6 passer rating when kept clean and not facing pressure is pretty poor. That's 33 out of 35 quarterbacks in the NFL that have attempted at least 50 passes so far this year. Again, a kept clean passer rating of 84.6. When he's under pressure, he's completing 44.3% of his passes, five yards per attempt, and a passer rating of 52.3. And so his passer rating when under pressure is 27th out of 35 quarterbacks in the NFL that have attempted at least 50 passes. So when he's kept clean versus when he's pressured, the completion percentage dips 23%. The passer rating drops 32.3 points, and he loses two yards per attempt. You want to make quarterbacks worse? Get pressure on them. And that's a message we preach every single week here on this podcast, and I love to give you these metrics so that you can really understand the differences in quarterbacks when they are pressured versus when they are not. Now, Trevor Lawrence, like we talked about with some of the other young quarterbacks the Bills have faced, they have to prove they can beat the blitz, and so far Trevor Lawrence has not proven that. He has a 47.9% completion percentage whenever he is blitzed, 5.1 yards per attempt, and a passer rating of 59.6. That passer rating is 33rd out of 35 quarterbacks in the NFL that have attempted at least 50 passes on the season. So Trevor Lawrence has a bright future ahead of him, but he's going through typical rookie struggles, and doesn't necessarily have the best supporting cast, has a very interesting situation at head coach, and so the Bills need to make him look like a rookie on Sunday. Hey, Bills fans, this is Joe Marino with an incredible app everyone who buys gas needs to know about, Get Upside. My listeners are making up to $0.25 for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the free Get Upside app in the App Store or Google Play right now and use promo code TOUCHDOWN to get a bonus $0.25 per gallon On your first fill-up, that's up to 50 cents cash back. Don't pay full price of the pump anymore. Get cash back using GetUpside. Just download the app for free and use promo code TOUCHDOWN to get up to 50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank. Some people who drive a lot are making as much to $200 to $300 a month in cash back, and there's no catch. The cash back gets added right back to your account. And you can cash out at any time to your bank account, PayPal, or an e-gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free GetUpside app and use promo code TOUCHDOWN. The offensive coordinator for the Jacksonville Jaguars is Daryl Bevel, 51 years old. It's his first season in Jacksonville, but he's a long-tenured NFL offensive coordinator. He's been on duty since 2006, was the Vikings offensive coordinator from 2006 to 2010, Seattle's OC from 2011 to 2017, and he was in Detroit from 2019 through 2020, and of course now he's in Jacksonville. One interesting note on Daryl Bevel 
is that when he was in Minnesota, he was Leslie Frazier's offensive coordinator in 2010 when Frazier took over as the interim head coach. And then Frazier got the permanent head coach job, and he did not retain Bevel in 2011. And so I think that's kind of an interesting layer here where Bevel was a pretty good OC um, for the Vikings for a number of years. And then when Frazier got the job, he said, let's get a different guy in here and didn't bring back Daryl Bevel. Uh, Bevel has had a good bit of success earlier in his career with Minnesota. Of course, with Seattle, he was really good with Seattle, but he hasn't coached a top half of the league offense since 2016. Now, that probably has a lot to do with his time in Detroit being a big chunk of that, but his last couple years in Seattle, the offense really started to decline. So far in 2021, the Jaguars are scoring 17.6 points per game, which is 27th in the NFL. They're converting 32.1% of their third down opportunities, which is 31st. They're scoring a touchdown on 64.7% of their red zone trips, which is 12th. They average 349 total yards per game, which is 17th, 116 rushing yards per game, which is 15th, and 233 passing yards per game, which is 18th. Let's talk about the weapons that they have on offense. Their primary receivers are Marvin Jones, LaVisca Chenault, Jamal Agnew, and Tavon Austin. Marvin Jones is a good football player. Um, He's a really good number two receiver. I don't think he's an ideal number one. They'd obviously love to have DJ Chark available, but he's out for the season. And so Marvin Jones has kind of taken over as the number one receiver. He's a good player, um, possession style receiver, really good at the catch point. I'm sure they'll want to throw him the football a lot on Sunday. LaVisca Chenault's a young player that is extremely versatile. They can get him going in a number of ways. He can win at all levels of the field as a receiver. He can take handoffs. He's good after the catch. And so he's a creative playmaker that's kind of a do-everything guy. And then they just have tons of speed in Jamal Agnew and Tavon Austin. And um, Jamal Agnew is also their return guy. We'll talk about him in a moment. But he's becoming a more and more prominent piece of that offense. And um, he's a pretty dynamic guy with the ball in his hand. So they've got the power forward type guy in Jones, a do-everything type playmaker in LaVisca Chenault, and a ton of speed with Jamal Agnew. At tight end, their primary passing target is Dan Arnold, who they recently traded for about a month ago from the Carolina Panthers, uh, played for Arizona in 2020, made some plays, did some good things, goes to Carolina, and you know they like Ian Thomas in Carolina. They drafted Tommy Tremble, and so they sent Dan Arnold to Jacksonville in a trade, and Dan Arnold's really come on for the Jaguars. He's starting to become a bigger piece of the offense, had eight targets last week, and so uh, they're going to look to throw him the football. They also have Chris Manhurts and Luke Farrell, but their other tight ends are mostly blocking tight ends. At running back, uh, I'm guessing Carlos Hyde's going to be their lead guy. He's a long-tenured NFL running back, physical downhill guy, not super explosive. Who knows if they're going to have James Robinson, who was a sensational rookie last year. He's day-to-day with a foot injury right now, so we'll see if he can go. Um, If he is available, I expect him to be the workhorse back there, but if not, It'll be Carlos Hyde in the backfield. And, of course, they drafted Travis Etienne in the first round, but his uh, season was over before it started with an injury. Their offensive line has some good and some bad. Their left tackle, Cam Robinson, is playing on the franchise tag, and he's kind of an average player, a physical player, but 
you can definitely win with speed around him. And so I'm anxious to see Jerry Hughes kind of dial up some speed rush and see if he can win around that outside hip. Their left guard is Andrew Norwell, who's definitely an above-average guard in the NFL. Now, their two weak links are their center and right guard, Tyler Shatley and Ben Barch. Those are some really good opportunities for the Bills to win some one-on-one matchups. And then their right tackle is Jawan Taylor, who I think is one of the up-and-coming tackles in the NFL. He's a good player. He's athletic. He's got great length, physical, good player. And so that'll be a nice test for Gregory Rousseau uh, in terms of going up against a big physical tackle with good length. And so that'll be a fun matchup to watch on Sunday. My keys for the Bills' defense against this Jacksonville offense, number one, be aggressive. You got a rookie quarterback. You have some weak links on this offensive line. You have interesting weapons, but nobody that's a superstar or the type of weapon that can take over football games or has been overly productive at any point in their NFL career. And so be aggressive. Go after these guys. Dial up the blitz. I think this is the type of game where the Bills' defense can deploy whatever they need to. And so be aggressive and get after Trevor Lawrence. Number two is get ready to compete at the catch point. Trevor Lawrence will throw some 50-50 balls. He's willing to find some leverage advantages and throw it up to his guys. And so the Bills defensive backs need to be ready for that and be prepared to make some plays on the ball and jockey for position at the catch point. Number three is don't forget Trevor Lawrence can run. I've been surprised to see that Trevor hasn't really taken off with the ball in his hands that much this year, but he's a very good runner. I studied him a ton, obviously, at Clemson, and I thought one of the underrated components of his game is how talented he is running the football, and he's got good speed, and he's a physical runner. And so I'm not sure if he's going to take off more against the Bills, but you need to be ready for that dual threat ability. He can extend plays, and he can run. Like If they do design runs, he's a good quarterback to do that with. And so I would be ready for that and definitely be ready to account for Trevor Lawrence and his legs and what he can do in terms of running. And then number four is just hunt the football. This is a team that has committed a league-high 13 turnovers in seven games. Hunt the ball. Break on it. Be aggressive. Break on the football when it's in the air. Scrape at the football when guys have it in their hands. This team has proven that they will cough it up, and you have a defense that has been great at taking away the football. And so I would definitely be hunting for the ball. So number one is be aggressive. Number two is get ready to compete at the catch point. Number three is don't forget Trevor Lawrence can run. And number four is hunt the ball. Try to get some takeaways. Folks, it's that wonderful time of year where there are so many sports on TV. The NHL and NBA seasons are underway. The NFL is at the midway point. College football is on like every day. You got games on Tuesdays and Wednesdays right now, including, of course, on the weekends. And so don't forget that Bet Online remains your number one spot to bet on sports. Head to their new website and sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use our promo code Locked On from basketball, football, baseball, NHL, boxing, UFC, even your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports, and Bet Online is where the game starts. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. 
If you haven't tried a Built Bar by now, you are missing out. They say it's a protein bar, but it does not taste like one. You have to try one of these amazing bars to believe it for yourself. Most protein bars are chalky or waxy or just plain hard to choke down. A Built Bar is soft, covered in 100% real chocolate, and when you bite into it, you know you're eating something different. It's more of an experience, one that you'll enjoy. In fact, you'd swear you're eating a candy bar. Built Bars are low-carb, low-calorie, low-fat, low-sugar, and high in protein. So all the healthy benefits on top of just being purely delicious. And another great thing about Built Bar, there are so many mouth-watering flavors, including coconut, raspberry, mint brownie, coconut almond, salted caramel, double chocolate, and cherry. And this month, Built is coming out with a new limited-time flavor every three to four days. So check out their website often. You don't want to miss out. And of course, I got a deal for you. Go to BuiltBar.com, use our promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your next order. Again, that's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. The defensive coordinator for the Jacksonville Jaguars is Joe Cullen, 53 years old. He's in his first season as an NFL defensive coordinator. He was a longtime NFL defensive line coach. Back in 2006, he got his first opportunity to coach the Lions defensive line. He held that job until 2008. He was with the Jaguars back in 2010 as a D-line coach through 2012. Browns D-line coach in 2011. Bucks D-line coach 2014 through 2015. And then he had a run with the Ravens as their D-line coach from 2016 through 2020. So far in 2021, the Jaguars are allowing 29 points per game, which is 28th in the NFL. They've recorded 11 sacks, which is 30th. They're allowing 386 yards per game, which is 26th in the NFL, 108 rushing yards per game, which is 14th, and 278 passing yards per game, which is 28th. Let's take a look at this defensive personnel on the defensive line you'll see Malcolm Brown, Adam Gostis, Devon Hamilton, and Taven Bryant. I think those are all rotational-type defensive linemen. None of those are really preferred starting caliber players. They're nice third defensive tackles, but these are the starters that they have, and it's a pretty underwhelming group. Now, they're stopping the run pretty well with those interior defensive linemen, and I think that speaks to a guy like Devon Hamilton and Adam Gostis, and that's kind of what they do. They're good run stoppers, but None of those players are overly dynamic, and they're players that the Bills' guards should be able to handle. At defensive end and on the edge, they've got some really nice players headlined by their Josh Allen, a uh, top 10 pick a couple of years ago out of Kentucky, really dynamic pass rusher, tremendous speed and flexibility. And so whether it's Deion Dawkins or Darrell Williams or Spencer Brown, this is a guy that can really threaten the outside hip and run circles around offensive tackles, and so he'll be a big test for the Bills' offensive tackles on Sunday. Dwayne Smoot's a really good player, very balanced defender, good against the run, good pass rusher as well. They have Jihad Ward, who's a long-armed, heavy-handed guy that does well to hold at the point of attack. And then Caleb on Chasen, one of their recent first-round picks. He has a lot of speed. He's a raw player. They'll probably get him on the field to shoot gaps and that type of stuff. And if they can get him loose, he's definitely got a lot of dynamic athletic ability to make some plays, but he hasn't quite gotten the technical side of the game down, and so he only plays sparingly at this point. Their primary linebackers are Miles Jack and Damian Wilson. Uh, Those are a couple of veterans. Miles Jack is a very 
speedy, rangy linebacker that has had much better seasons than he want, than the one he's having right now. Uh, he's a very capable playmaker, although he's not having his best season. At cornerback, Shaquille Griffin, Tyson Campbell are their two primary outside guys. Griffin came over from Seattle this offseason. They gave him a pretty nice contract in free agency. He's been a disappointment. And then Tyson Campbell, a rookie. He was a 33rd pick in the draft out of Georgia. We talked about him as a Bills target, and he's a very talented player in terms of physical gifts, but he's got a ways to go in coverage, and you know he's starting for them. In the slot, they will play Trey Herndon and Rudy Ford, uh, kind of a matchup-specific type situation there when it comes to the slot. At safety, it's Rayshon Jenkins and Andrew Wingard, which are not starting caliber safeties in the NFL. And so I'm pretty underwhelmed looking at this defensive depth chart. They got a couple of nice run stoppers up front in Hamilton and Gostis. Malcolm Brown's a really good rotational type defensive tackle. Josh Allen's a star at edge. Miles Jack is capable of being a dynamic linebacker, but he hasn't been one this year. And I think they have holes all over that secondary. So what are my keys for the Bills offense against this defense? I don't necessarily have this laid out in terms of specific points, but this is what I'm going to say. Number one is be better on first down. I think part of the issues that the Bills are having this year is that on first down, they're not executing. And that's creating those second and longs, which turns into third and longs. And so we're frustrated over the second and long runs. But the reality is this team has to be a better first down offense so that the second and third down opportunities are much more favorable. I think that's what this really comes down to. So be better on first down. Number two is whatever you think your identity is offensively, deploy it and prove it. If you want to be two-dimensional on offense, well, then you need to prove that you can run the football with success. And the Bills are getting very favorable run looks this year. They're getting plenty of too high safety. They're getting plenty of light boxes. They're just not running the ball well. So if you think you can be a two-dimensional offense and the run game be a notable part of what you do, then you got to start proving that. No time like the present to get that sorted out. And number three, throw the football. The Jaguars are not good at stopping the pass. They are allowing 8.2 net yards per passing attempt against their defense. That is, that is the worst in the AFC. Second worst in the NFL behind just the Detroit Lions who are at 8.3. Average is around 6.5. The Jaguars are allowing a passer rating against their defense of 113.5. Everybody is throwing the ball against this defense. And I expect the Bills to do the same. Meanwhile, the Jaguars are pretty good at stopping the run. They're allowing just 3.7 yards per attempt which is third best in the NFL. So this creates a really interesting dynamic for me because I want to see that the Bills can run the football effectively and consistently, and the Jaguars are a good defense to test that because they're very good in terms of yards per attempt against their defense. But they're also a pretty crappy passing defense. And so if there ever was an opportunity for the Bills to unleash whatever they believe their identity is on offense, go do it. I'm anxious to see how this unfolds because this is the type of team 
that the Bills should be able to really move the ball consistently against and score a lot of points. And so go be what you want to be on offense. Prove that you can be two-dimensional. Take advantage of the spacing in this secondary. And if you think you can be an effective run team, go be an effective run team against a team that's actually pretty decent at stopping the run. Real quick on the Jaguar specialist, their kicker is Matthew Wright. And um, it's only his second season in the NFL. He wasn't the kicker to start the season in Jacksonville. They have since moved on from their previous kicker, and they've brought in Matthew Wright, and he filled in for the Steelers last year, if I'm not mistaken. So it's his second season for his career. He's 7 of 8 on field goals and 14 of 15 on extra points. So pretty light resume to this point, but he's taken over this job here in Jacksonville. Their punter is Logan Cook. He's a good punter. He's been their punter since 2018. He's got a career average net yards per punt of over 43. His hang time is outstanding. He's a good punter. And the return guy is a scary one, Jamal Agnew. He's got 4-3 speed, six career touchdowns in terms of returns, four punt returns for a touchdown, two kickoff returns for a touchdown. He is a dangerous guy. And so Tyler Bass, we're going to need the touchbacks on Sunday. I have no appetite for seeing how good of a returner Jamal Agnew is against the Bills. Just kick it through the end zone every time and don't give this guy a chance. And um, hopefully the Bills don't have to punt too often. And so they can manage him as well by just moving the chains and scoring touchdowns and not having to punt. So I definitely get concerned about a guy like Agnew, especially in a game like this where you're the better team. This is a game you should be able to handle. But if they're able to do some creative things on offense with guys like LaVisca Chenault and Tavon Austin and Jamal Agnew, and uh, they get a big play on special teams, you know, you just don't want a team like this to have any belief that they can hang with you. And so guys like Agnew are X factors to me in falling into Jacksonville believing they can compete with you and them believing they can have a chance to win the game. And so if I'm Buffalo, I'm not allowing Jamal Agnew to be a spark for that football team. All right, folks, we did it. That's the comprehensive primer on the Jacksonville Jaguars, a pretty interesting football team, year one of their new regime of Urban Meyer uh, as the head coach. And so this will be the Bills' first opportunity to go up against Urban Meyer and, of course, Trevor Lawrence. And so it should be a fun game to watch on Sunday Tomorrow will be our crossover preview with Locked On Jaguars. Should be a good discussion there. Friday, predictions, banged up bills will get us caught up on the injuries. We'll talk about any leftover thoughts that I have. And then Saturday is going to be tailgate talk. I have a great guest lined up, and I'm looking forward to uh, some of the stuff that I plan on digging into on Saturday. So a lot of good bills discussion is coming your way. Don't miss it. Make sure you're subscribed. Would love if you took a second to rate, review, and share the podcast. Have a great rest of your day, and I look forward to catching up with you again tomorrow.